Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lincolnshire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I'm Guy Lewis and we're joined today by Anna Maxwell from C2 Safety. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm good, thank you Guy, and you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Um, so what are we discussing today? Uh, today we're going to talk about COSH and CDM. COSH. Gosh, what does that mean? <laughs> Gosh, is the control of substances hazardous to health. Um, so this is basically anything that is manufactured or could be natural. Um, yeah. And it potentially has health consequences or safety consequences um, from its very existence. What, so so th- what we're talking about, things like fumes or dust or th- is that sort of stuff? That sort of stuff, but also dishwashing liquid and hand soap through right. to paint solvents gases putties sealants um pretty much anything that you could inhale ingest absorb or inject mm-hmm. okay or the consequences of something happening that would lead you to inhaling ingesting absorbing or injecting all right so that could be an accident a spillage or something so it's yeah. not normal would happen but it could happen due to unforeseen circumstances so a fire for example okay there is the physical risk of a fire which is not a kosh issue but it's what is burning and what is being released and what you might inhale so that's that's where the kosh issue is so i guess we start as ever what's the employer got to do the employer has to assess the risk of what they've got to know what they've got okay they've got to assess the risk and they've Mm -hmm. got to know what it does um and what are the risks and the way that they do that is through usually through manufacturer safety data sheets mm-hmm. or um, guidance on the containers or the bottles, um, which has got safety information on it. So okay. once they've worked out what they've got, they can work out what the risk is. Yep. And then they need to implement their control measures. So that might be like using a ventilated space or yes. it might be. Storage. Yeah. Okay. Storage is a real simple one. Um, some things can be stored in a cupboard. Some things can be stored have to be stored in a metal cupboard. Mm-hmm. Some things have to be stored in a bundled environment or a safe environment. It's it's all very specific. It's all very much down to the manufacturer's guidance and and their safety data sheets. So if it was a gas bottle example, that'd have to part of when you when you get it from the, from whoever the supplier, they would say it needs to be stored in a yes ventilated but, gas yes yeah. cage or whatever it is. Absolutely, but there are also regulations that cover. The and guidance that cover the storage of, of and use of gas bottles as well. Okay. So you can take the the safety information of the content and how you use it, how you use it safely, how you dispose of it, mm-hmm. how you treat it in the event that you have an incident, and you take that along with the regulations for the safe storage, which means that you're going to not damage it, which means you're not going to release the gases inadvertently, mm-hmm. um, and then for cause a a cosh incident as such. Okay. Um, so you're going to have these control measures in place, be it the storage or the use or mm-hmm. the PPE that is is needed. You're going to provide employees with the information that they need so that they know what they're exposed to, know what they've got to do in order to work with it safely and know what to do in the event that something happens that shouldn't have happened. So I guess that might be, that providing employees might be, I, I think I remember seeing a sign, asbestos do not drill. Yes. And it's like saying there's asbestos here. Yes. But the, but the employees given the information and the instruction is don't drill because mm-hmm. it's safe as it is. Mm-hmm. If you drill it, it might not be. And that'd be a kosh thing. That is a kosh thing. Yeah. Asbestos yeah. dust is a, is a kosh because we can inhale it yeah. and it causes, um, it causes a, a, a serious health issue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's how we would use okay. cosh. We've got a cosh risk assessment for asbestos dust. We know that it shouldn't be drilled. We don't want to expose people to it. There are regulations governing governing asbestos control of asbestos mm-hmm. regulations twenty twelve um, that says what we can and can't do with it. So put the sign up. The individual who is drilling still needs to be aware of the cost implications of asbestos so they understand why they are now not drilling it because they've been told to drill it. So um, an employer must draw up emergency procedures. They've got to have an emergency plan for cost. Now we're talking high risk. Um, So if you've got spill, if you've got uh, paint canisters or solvents, you would have to have a spill kit that is appropriate to what you've got in that kosh store or where it's going to be used. If you are taking kosh out of a store and taking it to a point of work, then you take the spill kit with you. Okay. Um, so they're those sorts of control measures. You need to provide health surveillance where necessary. So you need to know who is exposed to what. So some fumes, some um, some chemicals, some materials uh, have safe limits that you can be exposed to others don't have any exposure limits at all um you've got to know that you've Mm -hmm. got to have controls in place all of the information is available as i said on these these manufacturer safety data sheets okay ultimately a company needs to have a cost risk assessment in place for anything which has a cosh implication okay. it goes from as i said hand soap and hand sanitizer mm. okay. through to oil nuclear gas and some you know really nasty noxious chemicals and and the likes of okay that's well, employers then yep i guess employees as ever with health and safety there's two sides to everything isn't yep. it? the employer and the employee they have a responsibility to keep themselves safe okay and others around them mm-hmm. who might be affected by what they do. They have a responsibility to do as they have been instructed by the company. Okay. They have um, a responsibility to use the information that is available to them. So that is a safety data sheet, the instructions for mm-hmm. use, and also the cost risk assessment, plus the safe system of work, which okay. takes into account cost. They have a responsibility to report any defects, damage, or issues. Anything wrong with the containers, yeah. anything wrong with yeah. whatever. It do- it's not supposed to look like that. Maybe it has changed in its it's been exposed to air for too long mm-hmm. or something. They need to be able to know that. So okay. that's the training and the competency. They need to wear their PPE as they've been instructed to do so. So if it is face fitted and like they've got to make sure it's in good order, if it's not, get it replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to maintain a high level of personal hygiene. And we say that because it gets onto your skin or it gets onto your clothing or into your overalls. They need to know that they've got to wash their hands before mm-hmm. they eat or go for a drink or go, go for a, a, a break. Um, yeah. even, go, even go to the toilet, you know, simple products such like lead, um, mm-hmm. or if you've got wood dust on your hands and yeah. you, you inhale it, it can start to cause problems mm-hmm. as it accumulates. So they've also got to use the facilities provided for washing and showering if they're there, which means the employees have to provide those welfare facilities as well. Um, and employees must remove any clothing or equipment that might cause contamination because you don't want to be taking it home. Mm. You know, it's it's exposing everybody else to what you've got on it. If you've got brick dust on you, which has got silica in it, yeah, it's yeah. in your clothes, you go onto public transport or you're standing there and it's windy and there's dust coming off you, mm-hmm. you are contaminating other people with yeah, yeah. a material that is known to have uh, a cosh implication. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, have travel home in different clothing to to what you're working in wherever possible. Okay. I mean, that makes an awful lot of sense. So uh, employees you know, identify it or they know what they're bringing in, they're buying it. 
making sure that everyone's aware of what it is and actually have a process, a safe working way. And the employees, the side of it is making sure that they, they act in the right way. And that whole idea that sort of personal hygiene, washing, showering, don't take work home with you. Yes. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Very much so. And with Kosh, as I said, all of the manufacturers, if they have any product that has some form of Kosh implication, they are obliged by law to provide a safety data sheet. That information is freely available to anybody who go onto a internet search engine, type in the name of the product, and after it, just type SDS. And it will bring up links to be able to download the PDF for these documents. SDS, that's something data sheet, Safety I guess. data sheet. Safety data sheet. You'll also find a technical data sheet sometimes, tells you how to use it, but the safety data sheet is where we draw our cost risk assessments from. It contains details of any of the sort of the, the, the main components or the, the live components that are going to cause a health problem. If somebody were to inhale, ingest, or absorb, or, you know, get it in their body somehow, it will give you exactly what you've got to do in terms of medical treatment and then what you've got to inform either the fire brigade if there is an incident of release, be it the environment agency or, you know, there's an explosion, but also what you've got to tell the doctors. They want to know what it is that is inside you so that they can treat you with the correct um, medication. So education and training regarding this, important is about having the information available for everybody to understand safe use and what to do in the event of an emergency. My name is Guy Lewis and you're with myself and Anna Maxwell and we're discussing CDM. So what's CDM, Anna? CDM is the Construction Design and Management Regulations. Um, the current version of them is 2015. And you might be sitting here thinking, why as a business owner do I need to know about some construction regulations? Yeah, because I thought it was all to do with like constru proper construction. Construction sites is CDM, nothing else. So up until 2015, CDM only used to apply to works that were, you know, construction works essentially for commercial projects that were of a certain size, okay. um, above a certain threshold. In 2015, they changed these regulations to apply to any project that has some form of construction, and I'll come on to that, but mm -hmm. has some form of construction in it, and it, be it domestic or commercial. So it is a misconception that these regs only apply to construction trades and builders. Actually, these regulations apply to any business who have work done on their building or their commercial property, which includes rental properties and lease properties, and is con and you're considered a commercial client under these regulations. So if you are having a full refurb done, you're having decoration done, you're mm -hmm. having maybe new flooring or you're having your windows replaced, maybe you're having new signage installed, maybe you're having flood wiring or new circuits because you've got an alarm system going in and a smoke detection system, or you are reconfiguring or installing new plant in your workplace, you're, you know, rearranging the shop floor or you are extending, then mm -hmm. actually you come under these regulations as the property owner, you are a commercial client. I mean, that's going to be a surprise, isn't it, when someone says decorating or putting a new flooring down. That, yeah. that So this is a bit of a surprise to businesses? I it guess. is, and it's something you need to be aware of, that you have a legal liability under these regulations. Now, it's not all bad news, it's a, if you've got one contractor, mm -hmm. so your decorator is coming in and they are the only contractor, you haven't got anybody else coming in to do the work, they are responsible because it is a sole contractor job. Okay. 
if you've got two contractors, so you've got a joiner and a decorator coming in, it becomes a multi-contractor job. And then the CDM regulations apply in full and you as the commercial client have legal duties. Now, so go back, let's just pick on that one. So the single one, mm-hmm. the single contractor. So I've got a decorator in. Mm-hmm. What have they got to do? Or what for, Or what I got to do? So as, let's pick on them yeah. first. So as, an, as a commercial client, you have a responsibility to appoint a competent and experienced contractor who is able to do the job. Okay. So your decorator, you need to be able to determine whether he can decorate safely and mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Is he capable of doing that job technically? Okay. And you look at that, but you've probably got him on a recommendation. You've probably used them before. And in that respect, it, it's, it's an adequate assessment. Mm-hmm. You've got something to base it on. So let's just change it up from the decorator to your boiler needs servicing. Okay. Um, or you're having a replacement boiler. Let's go for a replacement boiler. You're having a replacement gas boiler and you're going to employ a plumber. Mm-hmm. And that plumber must be capable and competent. And in the world of gas, it is a regulated industry. Therefore, your plumber must be gas safe registered. Okay. As a commercial client, if you appoint somebody who you know is not gas safe registered, then you are breaking the law. Okay. They're also breaking the law by doing the work, but mm-hmm. that's that's under their trade regulations. But you as the commercial client are expected to be aware of it. And if you don't appoint them and something goes wrong, you are liable for prosecution as the commercial client. Because that's gas and that's very regulated. Can we just go back to the decorator? Mm-hmm. So is it is it about how good is it decorating? Or is it the fact that he works safely? It's the fact that he works safely. Right. Because you are having them in to a uh, business premises where you have a responsibility to all of the people in that, including providing him a safe working environment. He has a responsibility under the Health and Safety at Work Act to ensure that his actions do not endanger himself or anybody else in the, who may come into the contact of his work. So is this more like, are we getting into sort of things like risk assessments and method statements here? Is that what Very we're... much so, yes. Oh. And as the commercial client, you can ask your contractor to provide their risk assessments and method statements so that you can check that they have planned safely. They have, it's about planning and management of the works. Okay. So and a decorator, it's... you don't want him up a ladder with a, with a brush in one and a bucket in the other? No. Because that's not very safe. You're well, going to say, I'm going to be using the right uh, sort of things this is, this is the common misconception about ladders in the workplace. You're allowed to use ladders, mm-hmm. just short-term working. Yeah, if yeah. you've got a decorator and he's going to be painting the outside of your building, you want to be seeing that he's putting up mobile tower scaffold yeah, yeah. or that he's using a, a, a MUP or something that is appropriate. And you want to be able to check and you have a responsibility to check that he has planned his his work safely. Okay. So there is what what I want to do is make you aware that there is a liability and a responsibility that you have. Now, as a commercial client, if you speak to your tradesmen, the contractors you're willing to appoint, they should be able to explain CDM to you and explain your role in it. And there's some really useful guidance available um, from the CITB um, for for clients and commercial clients. It explains exactly what you've got to do. Now, if you're on a bigger project and you've got an architect involved um, and designers and, and planners and they will be able to advise you on your responsibility. And this is that multi-contract bit. Then, yes, I guess. this is multi-contract bit. So CDM is to do with the, it's got to be done relevant to the scale and the risk of the job. Okay. But whatever happens as a commercial client, you have a responsibility with regard to the safe planning 
and management of health and safety of your project, no matter who you appoint. So it's just something to be aware of um, that it is there and hopefully it won't come as a massive surprise, but it might do for when you're looking at having smaller jobs done. But mm-hmm. these regulations do exist. So uh, Anna, give us a, just a summary of you know how, what a business must do to make sure they comply with this sort of CDM regs. Okay, commercial client must appoint the right people at the right time. They must know what are the right people. Mm-hmm. They need to know what the regulations are and how they apply to them and yeah. their project, the scale and the scope. And they need to allow, allow adequate time for the safe planning and organisation of the works. So you can't appoint somebody tomorrow to start the day after. It's got to be time to plan. We've got to be able to show that. But generally, they need to be aware of their, their part in the regulations and once again, ignorance of the regulations is not mitigation for not applying them. Excellent, excellent. So that was a great session on uh, COSH and on CDM and how that applies to businesses. Uh, Anna, thanks very much for today. It's been really, really enjoyable. As I've been the previous sessions, uh, I've really enjoyed spending the time with you. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a Business Lincolnshire podcast. Look out for the next episode. If you're listening on the Business Lincolnshire YouTube channel, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below. If you're on your favourite podcast platform, then remember to follow the show. More information at businesslincolnshire.com.